Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Real Talk podcast. We're back again, and uh, we're up? talking about a, a cool subject, I think, today, something that all of us, or none of us, actually really likes, and that's change. Change. Yeah, I think in probably different areas, but we like it, and we hate it, and it's just this weird kind of thing, depending on what it is, but... Um, I can tell you right now I'm trying to change and really doing bad at is I'm trying to become a morning person. Mm. That's like my new thing. I, I've been reading all these articles about like why you should wake up at 4 a.m. And uh, dude, I just literally can't do it. And every fiber in me is resisting it. Like I, like those guys, it's like I've done more by the time you wake up than you'll do the entire day, you know? At 4 a.m.? Is that when you're trying Four. to wake up? Well, no, I'm not. Well, I, I was trying to do like 5 a.m. for a while. That did not work. Um, I obviously 7am is always just kind of like my sweet spot, but my goal, my goal really is 6am to me. Some people, that's not early to me. That's early. You know, um, I live local, so I don't have like a big commute or anything. And you know, you can work from anywhere. I'm at. like, if I wake up at seven, literally gives me 20 minutes to get ready, you know? Um, and so, but anyway, I, I'm trying to change, um, resisting it. But once again, it's one of the things I'm resisting it, but I still know that it is good for me which is what we're talking about today in, in, in change. And so like, it's one of those things, like I think all of us struggle with it, but we know deep down it's good um, in the right ways. And so, but I think the unique thing right now as we've been talking about is like, we're in the greatest moment of change in our lifetimes. And whether or not we like change, we are in change and the world is changing. And this is our World War II, you know, Great Depression. This is like our moment. The world will change because of this. It's changing right now because of all the differences that are happening because of the pandemic, but also afterwards it'll be different. It's like a tidal wave's gonna go through and it's like, what's gonna be left when this is over? And so, but I guess just beyond whether or not you like change, we are in change. And so how are you right now, man, processing this reality in yourself? Yeah, man, this is, uh, this is one of those seasons in which it's hard to be a very routine organized person, you know, like I've experienced a lot of change this year. And, and it's funny because like change isn't always bad. Obviously, like coronavirus is something that that has brought bad into the world. But even this year for like 2020, like, you know, we had our first kid, mm. a lot of change, good change right? Yeah. A lot of change. Good, good news. Tough, is that, yeah. Good news. That I am a morning person person, but not that <laughs> early morning, you know? Um, so that's been a big change for me this year. And so, yeah, like it, it, it's been, it's been an interesting year to, to see in myself how little I actually like change, yes. right? I, I can see my response to not only big changes like coronavirus, but just little changes. Like my first response is, eh, I don't like this, right? Because I have preferences. I have my comfort zones. I have all these things. And I think that's true for, for everybody. None of us really likes change. And so for this year, man, two things I'm really trying to, to do to process it is number one uh, is like lament, which is like a kind of a biblical term for like coming to terms with like reality and recognizing that that life is a per perfection. There's sin in this world. Bad things happen. And so there's there's a, a good, healthy place to see change that comes in your life that you don't like and to just kind of lament that. But on the other side of that, as hope-filled, gospel-centered, God-believing people that like God has come into the world and everything is good. Like I'm trying to find the hope and see the opportunity in the new. And so it's mm -hmm. not necessarily that that change is good, but that there is always opportunity with Christ as I move with him into the new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for, yeah, I think for me, man, it's been one of those things where it's, it's been just very challenging. Honestly, uh, this whole season of change has definitely been, um, it's been a hard one. Um, like you said, I see that this is weird. Cause like, it's not like, not totally like depressing because there's a lot of good in it. Sometimes life just seems like it's just not good, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of potential and hope in this season. 
uh, I think for me, it's definitely been, it's been hard. I think it's exposed to me, my desire for just like control. Like, I feel like, you know, like anything else, if you had asked me a year ago, do you love control? I said, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I love the new, I love the adventure, you know, but then all of a sudden when like the future seems a lot less certain, you're like, wait, no, no, I, I, I want to feel like I, I can kind of guide myself on life where I feel like I want to go. And so yeah. God's exposing that in me. I'm repenting of that. Um, I think when I think of other people, as I talk to people as a pastor, how they're experiencing this, I think there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. And there's moments where I think people kind of can sense they're starting to break a little bit, you know, <laughs> you can see on social media, you, you can see it in conversations, you can feel it in like the mood that they have when you talk to them. There's also like a weariness. So I think, I think either we're like fearful and like, we're kind of like trying to fight whatever we feel like we're afraid of, or there's like a weariness where it's just like, man, like, let, like wake me up when September ends, you know, it's like this this is crazy, you know? And so I think what I talk about people, there's, there's, there's fear and there's weariness, but, but, but here's the thing though. I think this is kind of the, the crux of what we're trying to get at today is like change is good. Yeah. Not all change is good, right? But in general, God is always doing a new work in our life, taking us to new places. He is always pruning and refining his church. And so if we are always resistant to change, that means that we are not a part of what God is doing because he is renewing things. He is making them new. He's not making them old. He's not keeping them the same, you know? And so change is a good thing. And so, and I think what we were talking about was even before coronavirus, um, Chris, uh, uh, change in general was already difficult for Christians. And so why do you think that that is in general, even beyond coronavirus? Why do you think even as Christians, when we should be so much about, uh, change and growth and maturity and stepping into the new, why do we so often resist it as Christians? Well, my first thought is just because we're, we're Christians doesn't mean we're being spirit led. Yep. And so that's, that's, number, that's number one. Um, and so I, I do think that no matter who we are, um, we we love the center of the comfort zone, yes. and, and 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 we love um, being in a place that's comfortable to us, whether that's an environment or whether that's a pattern of behavior or whether that's just um, our relationship with the Lord. We we love finding the place in which we find most comfortable. Um, and yet, like you were saying, God, God is a, a, a crazy anomaly and that God never changes, mm -hmm. but he's always changing the world. We have to, we're broken. So we right, exactly. have to change right. He's moving us in a direction and yet we, we get stuck. Um, and, and honestly, this is where I think it becomes a faith thing where like the, the Bible talks a lot actually about something that it, it man, if I were ever going to write a book, it would probably be something about how nostalgia Mm. This idea of like my best days are behind me or the best is behind is anti-gospel. That would literally be the title of my book is that nostalgia is anti-gospel. And in fact, I, I, I know you feel that deep. It's so deep, man. In Ecclesiastes, I just want to share this one verse. It says, do not long for the good old days. This is it's not just clear. This is not wise. <laughs> it's, it's what it says. And I think the reason that is, is because we, we miss out on the fact that God is always working. And if we're always looking behind us to what God has done or to a movement that he did, then, then we're not looking to God. I mean, it's good. Remembrance is an important part of being a believer that builds faith, but we're not supposed to stay there, right? Ooh. We're supposed to look into the future and the new. And so I just think for a lot of Christians that they have this idea that uh, just like everyone else does. We're just normal people. We love comfort. And yet anytime you see a move of God in a person's life in the Bible or just in the world in a church, it's always been as they pursue God into the unknown and into, wow, the, into the new. Man. 
And I know, man, we, we sense this really deeply because, you know, we've had the privilege of being a part of replanting a church. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, a little over six years ago, became the pastor of what was then called White Oak Baptist Church. And, um, you know, they, I was 24 years old, no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and this church had been dying for a long time. Sanctuary was shut down, setting up and tearing down our own gym. We're not reaching people, did not reflect the community. There were some great, nice, loving people there, you know, but just we weren't doing what God wanted us to do, which was reach our community. And so I, I got, I got, you know, hired on and, you know, what is interesting, going back to what I said earlier, even in me about how like change exposes us, um, change calls our bluff and exposes us in the ways that we've been lying mm. about either how godly we are or how we want what God wants. And so like, you know, change, like, like I can say, I want to wake up early and that's all I care about. You know, but then when I try to change and, and I resist that, what I'm really showing is, no, 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 I, I actually don't want to. And that's the problem. I don't want to wake up early. The problem is I, 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 I want to be like, you know, undisciplined in that way. And so I think a lot of times what happens in churches and, and, and a big part of our experience has been like every church that is dying, it will tell you, we want to grow again. We want to reach people. You know, we want to see the great commission fulfilled, make disciples. We want to see this thing. We want to love and serve. Like, like that's what everybody will say in public, you know? And, and so people come in and try to do things, but then like the, the music changes and people like freak out, you know? And it's like, well, I wasn't informed that like the, the, we couldn't change something here, you know? Like I, the, nobody told me that because no one's going to say, we want to reach the community. Hey, but don't touch the music. You know, no one's gonna say, Hey, Hey, we want to reach people, but Hey, just, just make sure like you don't change anything or, or tweak it or don't do anything different with Sunday school or all these different kinds of things. Right. And so what happens then is change begins to expose us and then people begin to like kind of resist things. And it's like, they never would say that I don't want you to change anything. And they would never say that I value my preferences over new people. But then when we, when you do things different, that reaches new people, but it changes preferences. They have a problem with that, you know? And so I think a big part of our experience has been, I think change will often expose us in ways in which we've been holding on to idols too tightly. Um, or maybe it's not an idol. Maybe it's just like a preference that's kind of become too big of a deal. Maybe our priorities have gotten off. But the wonderful thing about it is that those are opportunities to repent yeah. and to change in the good sense and not double down. And so like whenever, like as we get older, even as men, as we begin to like be frustrated, you know, by the, the younger guys, or when we begin to get frustrated that the world's different or music's different or all these things are different, like we have an opportunity because change is good for us in those, those ways to, to kind of leave those things that are lesser and be reminded that, no, no, I really am tying myself to the timely, which is like the, or the timeless, which is the word of God, the mission of God, reaching new people. And I can prove that to you. When David says, prove me, oh Lord, yeah. and show me that I really love you. You know, it's like, I, I'm proving to you, God, that I love your mission by being in this place that I don't totally understand what they're saying anymore. And that people dress different and the music's different and how we do things different and the leadership style is different. God, I'm proving it to you because this is not necessarily my cup of tea, 
but I know the most important thing is happening. And so I think so often we probably resist change because it exposes us of maybe the ways in which we're off. But the good news and the hopeful message is that change is an opportunity to like show God that you, you love him and to repent and become the new person you're supposed to be. Man, that's so good. And, and as you were talking, I was just thinking about, man, we literally just met with a guy who uh, goes around to churches all around Texas. And uh, man, what do you say? He, he goes to kind of churches that have been maybe off mission for a really long time or just people who, who really Really don't truly want to get the gospel out and reach people for Jesus. And he just, it's interesting to see this guy. And he was an older guy himself. He, I, I think he's but probably he, late 60s. Yeah. Dude, he was passionate yeah. about reaching people for Jesus. So I don't know if it's just like a different value system that we unintentionally develop where, man, we, we just get off the purpose of, of the great commission and what we're truly meant to be well, about. And what always, you know, I think one of the most understated things in the, the scriptures <clears throat> is the fact that the people that gave Jesus the hard time was the religious people. Yeah. For some reason, we think it's like the pagans or the real secular people that didn't like his morality. That was not the battle Jesus was facing primarily in terms of God. Like, like it was the religious people who were missing the new work that God was doing in Christ because it didn't look like the traditions of their fathers and their fathers and their fathers. And so they were looking in the past and God was doing a new thing. That's why I call it the new covenant, you know, in his blood and his redemption. He's like, God's doing, a, like it, the scriptures say it's, 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 a, it's a new work. It's a new covenant. And they missed it because it looked different. And so instead of, like you said, being open and spirit led to what God might be doing, you know, there's just this frustration because it doesn't look like it had looked like. And for some reason, they thought that what was going to come in the future was going to be reflective of the past, but the whole ministry of Jesus is is proof that, that that not only is God doing a new work, but at the end of the day, like God is always redeeming, and sometimes even what we see as old isn't what's right. They were stuck in the past, but they were still missing the real ancient thing, which was the word that's forever fixed and eternal. You know, so so what happens is a lot of times change begins to reveal kind of where we got it wrong, and once again, it's an opportunity to like step into the new. Yeah, and we talk a lot about churches and Christians obviously because we're kind of in that world and it's important for all of us uh, as followers of Jesus to to remember that that exhortation to always be following him into the new but that works honestly for like any part of life you know I think the moment we get into this mindset of like this is exactly how God needs to work or my spouse needs to do this like you're, you're getting into things in which you're you're resisting change you're resisting the possibility of kind of the new in your life and so I think it's a good thing for us to, to maybe hold things just a little bit more loosely and to be a little bit more spirit led like I'm saying just and, like in prayer you and, know and I think a lot of times you know it's funny people talk about in church, like ancient future stuff, you know, about how we want to be like, you know, rooted in like the past and like the good ways and also like about the future and like all the modern stuff too. And it's so funny. A lot of times when people say ancient future, they mean like we're going to sing hymns from the 1700s kind of a thing, which is like a different culture. When really, I think in the best ancient future means like the ancient part is the Bible, the forever fixed word of God. Not like we're going to like sing songs, like use words like that, which I, I'm cool with those songs. I like those kind of songs, you know, but it's like, I'm going to read a prayer where you don't understand half the language because it's an old Victorian style, you know? 
and and act like I'm rooting us in the history when like what God wants us rooted in is his word because that never fades. You know, 1700s England culture does go away, you know, but the Bible does it. And so I think even if, listen, if we're going to be, if we're going to be stuck in something old, like, or something ancient, let it be the scriptures of which, like you said earlier, the scriptures will tell us like, do not ask why were the former days better than these. And so I think, as I think sometimes when we think of like we're, we're tradition, like if it's not rooted in scripture, if it's rooted in like a previous time period, that's where we get um, in trouble. Because I think if you're rooted in scripture, there, there's enough like, uh, there's enough width and, and nuance to help us like, you know, be able to like rebuke maybe the sins of the modern world, but also embrace the good things God is yeah. doing. Whereas if, if it's just like, I, I liked it in the 1960s, that will never come back. And this time will never be like that, you know? And so if you're really about the 1960s or some time period or when it was like this or what, what it was like when you grew up, that will literally never go come back. And so that's sad because you, like it's impossible. Whereas if it's in scripture, it's timeless and it can navigate any age. Yeah. Yeah. God, God's not going back. <laughs> God's not, God's going into the a new heavens future. and the new earth, man. Exactly. Um, man, just as you were talking, it just got me thinking how like many times, um, people see change as like the enemy, like they, yeah. they, they see all change as something that is, is bad. And I think what we're trying to say is that like God works in all things. And if God's going to do something new, <clears throat> a change has to happen. And so we have to shift from this mindset in which whatever's changing, whether it's a style of music in worship, whether it's the way church does things or whether it's the way that I need to do things as a disciple of Jesus, like we need to be open to that, open to change because God's working in the new. And I think always just being honest that like, man, this is not a, this is not a new problem, an old problem, a young problem, an old problem. This is every person. Like I know we said, we started by this by saying we struggle with change. And I, I just think that whenever something comes up or maybe a, a change, I know in the past, like we've come to each other with like, Hey, maybe I feel this, like, should I change this? Should I not? Is this good? Is this bad? I think that we just need to be open to whatever that looks like because it is good. And so, but that being said, like, what, what are opportunities to embrace the new for the Christian? Like, what, what would you say? Like, like, why is it like, why is it a good thing? Well, let me, I, I kind of want to give like just some examples. I like to bring it down. That's kind of how I think. Like, so yeah. just some examples of like right now, there is a lot of change. And we started by saying like mm -hmm. coronavirus, obviously is a huge change on the way that, you know, we do things. And uh, we were talking early on uh, when we first had to start kind of like moving online and shutting things down, just like how, you know, we, we didn't like that. Right. Because it, we, we had geared up the year dude. for, <laughs> we had literally geared up the year to make kind of our Sunday gathering, this, the central hub of discipleship. And mm. it's crazy how like the Lord just kind of did away with that. And he brought in something new. And so we struggled with that, this idea that like, Hey man, our, our plan, our plans are being laid to dust, but we went to the Lord, we began, pr began praying. And it's crazy how the Lord yeah. actually brought in this like innovative streak in our church. We're now like, we're doing church online. We've invested in different resources that are, that's getting the gospel out to even more people than we could have if yeah. we were meeting. And so like yeah. God was in that, using that change to bring about change, even in us and in our our church. Man, and the greatest lie, and I, I'll tell you, man, maybe the, the lie that I have noticed the enemy speaking to me over and over again, and I bet you feel this and everyone listening to this feels this to some degree. I feel like I'm being set back 
or wasting time or man, if this hadn't happened, where would I be at this point? Right. And I have felt that so deeply because like you said, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a brand new pastor. I've been a pastor for six, almost seven years now, you know? So it's like a lot of what's like, I felt this year was going to be, was a lot of like the fruit that God was going to give us based upon what he had built the last several years. And I still think that's time is coming, but it's gonna be a little bit different, I think. But what we were talking about earlier was like, yeah, maybe in some ways there's a setback, but what we were talking about earlier, like God has grown us in like our understanding of like technology and the internet. He's probably fast forwarded us five years. And so what I would say is like, if you're listening to this, like there might be some minor setbacks in your story, but you need to be looking for the ways in which God is using this to actually skyrocket you into the future. And so like at the end of the day, the the great light, but the reality is if I just had a negative attitude or just, I don't like the change. I don't like how the season's gone. I thought, I thought we were going to be, you know, doing all these things at the church, but now we're not. If my mind stays focused on that, I would miss the reality that God is spreading his gospel online. Like he never has before. And we're growing it. Like we would not be doing this podcast right now, probably if it wasn't for that, you know? And so it's like, you've got to be open to the good change that God is doing. And we always say, man, be suspicious of your setbacks, man. If there's a setback, man, there's a good chance God's doing something good in it. But we only get that mindset if we're willing to embrace change and see it as like, listen, God is changing me always. And he's changing the church and he's changing the world. And he's good. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, it's weird. I was thinking about how like this this year is in a really weird way. I, like my, my wife and I, we bought our first house this year. which And was first kinda, kid. You do have and a lot. first kid. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But I was thinking about like how people, you know, I was talking to like the real estate guy and it was like during all the coronavirus when it was kind of going up and he was just talking about how kind of a lot of people um, see a time like this and they, they withdraw, they withdraw back. They're, they're hanging on to resources. They're hanging on to, to everything until it kind of blows over. And that's like one type of person, but then there's another type of person who's seeing this as an opportunity. And so I've just had this thing in my mind. He said something, I think he said something like this, maybe I'm making this up, but he said, man, zig when everyone's zagging. And like, I've just had that in my mind. It's kind of a goofy term, but I'm just thinking, man, like to zig when everyone's zagging means that we're seeing the opportunity in whatever's happening because God's still working. Yes. God is yes. still eternally working. God is not on timeout or checked out. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, God's like waiting for coronavirus. <laughs> and like, no, like he's doing stuff. And so the more we see the opportunity in the season, even if it's like personally, I know a lot of people are kind of just chilling in terms of their uh, personal growth or spiritual growth. And for me, I see it, man, there's no better time in the history of my lifetime, you know, to come back stronger for Christ. Right. You know, so I, everyone jokes how like they're going to get through the, the coronavirus and come back all like pumped, you know, cause they've been like working out and all that kind of stuff. What if we use this time to grow like in our walk with the Lord so that when we came back, we were more loving, more serving, more spiritual, all those different yes, things. Dude. Cause then you're like, no, like what's the potential in this change? And, and I think also, and I think the way we get there for me, one of the things I was thinking, I was like, this is an, does, does anybody want to be rigid? Like when, when people think about you, is it like, I, I want to be rigid or like, I, I'm praying for my kids and like, God, just make them rigid when they get no. older. No, but we become rigid. And so do this is a time for all of us to say, look, this is going to help shake me up to make me not rigid. Change is good. Like nobody wants to be rigid, but you get rigid when you don't change, you know? And so, you know, I know for us, we always joke about like, nobody wakes up and says, when I, when I get old, I want to be the get off my lawn guy, you know? 
And so like, but we know that happens and we can sense that. And that's the humility. I mean, anybody could be that person, you know, like one of my favorite things is when I meet like an older person who is just like so hopeful and optimistic, because that can be a hard season of life, you know? And I'm like, man, you must have really stepped into like the new in order to make that happen. And so I think one thing, like use it as an opportunity to shake you up so that you're not rigid. And so that in the future, you'll be open to the new changes because literally the people that step into great opportunities are the people that were willing to step into something new, you know? And so I think for all of us, because all of us have areas probably which we're rigid, this is an opportunity to turn from that so we're not that way in the future. Let me just give some just kind of parting encouragements that have been like really big for me as I like think about this. Like number one is, man, you got to be careful about the narrative um, of your mind or what's being said. I think a lot of times, man, especially I've been trying to pull back personally from the news just in general and like basically just unplugging from just just the negative narrative of the world and plugging into the eternal goodness of God and his word. And I've just seen a massive shift just in my mindset. You know, I told you one thing I'm trying to do is just memorize more scripture. And it's amazing how like I'll memorize a scripture and then like unbidden, like those thoughts or that scripture will come to my mind. It's just how that changes my attitude and outlook toward the world. And so like right now I'm thinking, man, what's, what's God doing? I want to go find that thing. So that would just be my number one encouragement is just be aware of the negative narrative and just recognize that underneath that narrative that there is a true and glorious reality good news that God is at work in the season and then like number two is just just really committing to the season and committing to um to praying and seeking out what the Lord is doing in your life personally. And we've talked about this a lot, how like we've noticed just in every person that we've talked to, just how God is, seems to be revealing something, drawing something out, drawing them into a new place. And uh, we have to recognize that like, if we want to walk with Jesus, that we actually got to move. And so, and so basically we, we got to be committed to that. And then the last thing is just like, we have to understand that if we're going to like fight for, something to stay the same, let's make it worthwhile, right? So let's not fight for a style of music. Let's not fight against a culture that we're not going to be able to change, man. Let's fight for the truth of God's word, right? Let's fight for the things that truly should not change as opposed to the things that always need to be changing so that we can get the thing that does not change to the people. Yeah. I, I think, I think for me, what I'm always reminded of is that God is doing something new in the world and in me. And if I'm not open to that, I'm going to miss it. You know, I mean, a lot of people missed Jesus. And once again, it was the religious people that missed him. And so I think, you know, I I think like you said, man, as long as we're like rooted in what really matters and what really lasts, which is the word of God, um, then we have all the freedom in the world to be creative, to be innovative. And, and we can actually step into all the new things um, because we know the word of God is going to protect us and keep us from being corrupted. And so I think in all things, man, God is doing something new. So let's be a part of it. Yeah. It's a good word, man. This is a good conversation and something that's not easy for any of us, but I do encourage you to, to seek out, man, what, what's God doing in your life and to follow him into the new because the new with God is always good. So thank you guys for watching and uh, we'll see you next time.